0: Now, once again, here's Mark.
1: Welcome back, everybody.
2: It's four minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock, and we seem to have all of our settings set up at least as good as we think we can, but the lines are wide open. If you'd like to call us, you can, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. You call us up, you tell us what your name is, and then when you get on the air, what we ask you to do is tell us the year, make, and model of your car, and tell us how many miles it's got on it, and then give us some kind of an idea of what the symptoms are. Roger? Roger. Okay, let me turn you on. Roger Dodger. There you go. All righty. This portion of Under the Hood is brought to you by Quality Transmission. Bob, over at Quality Transmission, you don't know this, but Bob just had some surgery done. Oh, I didn't know that. There was a gentleman that came in from England to put some valves in his lungs for his COPD. Okay. And he says that he's up and walking around already. Okay. He said he was pretty pretty sore when they worked on his chest because I guess they go through it. But the bottom line is is he says he's on the mend, and I'm pretty happy about that. Good. Um, somebody deserves a break every once in a while considering Bob just lost his wife not too long ago. But, qual- but But quality transmission in Tempe is on McClintock north of University. Bob's been there since 1977. He's a former military guy. He knows right from wrong. He's a very principled person. When you meet him and shake his hand, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. He'll drive your car for free. He'll talk to you for free. And so will Steve, his general manager. So if you're in the East Valley, he's the only transmission shop in the East Valley that I say is worth driving to. He's honest. He's dependable. He does good work. So that's quality transmission. And that's on McClintock north of University in Tempe. It's in the northeast corner of Tempe. All righty. Jeez. What's the matter? What's he doing? People are out there by the truck? <laughs> no. What's he doing? He, he, I told him, go down and give me a
3: soda. So he goes down. And he, they, they don't have Coke down there. I said, there's been Coke in that machine for 19 years. Yeah. Go down and give me a Coke. No, this is Rubier. I said, no, go down and give me a Coke. It's not Coke. It's Coca-Cola. I said, it's the same thing. Go down there. So he walks out and comes back in and goes, I want to listen to pop radio show, <laughs> and,
2: and I'm scared. <laughs> Jeez, you're scared of your own shadow, kid. I hey, swear. But put your headphones on. Put your headphones on. What are you scared of? Uh, oh, hold on. What? Nothing really.
4: I just I don't want to listen to your show.
2: You don't. Don't lie. You're scared. You're Were scared, you scared of your to own go down shadow. There? Were you scared to go down there? What? This whole building's locked down. Did you know that? Yeah. It's locked down. There's not a door that's open right now. The only three warm bodies in this building is you, me, and your dad. That's the only thing. You can go anywhere. Besides that, you can't really go outside of this wing of the building because all the doors are locked around it. You know that? All right. So you don't have to be scared. Besides, the monsters aren't here on weekends. (laughs) That's right. They're not here on Saturday and Sunday. They're only here on Monday through Friday. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) You're terrible. All righty. Who did we have on the line, Gil? I'm sorry. Mike, good morning to you, Mike. How can I help you today?
5: Hey, how are you doing, Mark? I called you last week. I call you every week. I love your show. I always got something going on with my trucks or cars. Okay. And anyway, I got a Chevy Van 30. It's a 1986. It's an RV. It's got a 350 in it, it's got 95,000 miles on it. Last week, I called you about a leak up by the water off the uh, radiator hose on the bottom
2: yeah we talked about the water yeah. pump and the lower hose and the weep hole at the water absolutely.
5: pump absolutely well good luck to have it. it all they had to do was change the hose out it was actually leaking up there where the strap was up on the top
3: good, good, oh, the good. clamp
5: yeah the clamp and that was it and the hose was, you know it was pretty old and it was kind of getting kind of uh You know, kind of that spongy look, kind of bloated look. So uh, we had a change, and then it worked out perfect. Took it up north, up to uh, Woods Canyon Lake uh, this week. My question is, when I bring it, when I get through the mountains and get to the top through Payson, we get up there, that motor feels really sluggish. Is there some kind of way I can add some more horsepower to this thing, like a cold intake or air intake or something?
2: Well, there's a couple of a couple of thoughts here. It's it's an it's an '86 Chevy chassis, right? Yeah, it's a
5: 350 motor. Yeah, it's got a it's a Rockwood um, um, cab in the back, camper okay. RV. All right, it's got the big doghouse in the front, in the middle.
2: I'm, right, I, I understand. I understand. I think what you can try to do is, is you can try to pull off at McDonald's at the 87 and 260 and cycle the key once. So just shut it off, set there for 60 seconds, and turn it back on. I'm thinking your 86 is going to have a mixture control carburetor on it, it's and I'm a carb. Yep. Okay, and I'm thinking that we, we can reset the barometric pressure sensor or the MAP sensor to the different altitude because it, you're 1,200 feet down in Phoenix, and, and, and you're sitting there at McDonald's. You're somewhere right around 47 to 5,000 feet.
5: Yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, just spongy, spongy uh, gas pedal up there.
2: Okay, so, so let's just re... On the newer model cars, we don't have to get, let the let the computer have a new snapshot of our environment. But on the older cars, that was something that people said that made a big difference for them. On the way up to Flagstaff, they'd stop at Munns Park, and they'd say, you know what? Go- going into Munns Park, it was a dog, but then we'd stop and get something to eat, and then on the way up to Flagstaff, it was good. And that was because they just cycled the key so that all the computer sensors would then get a new look at the moisture in the air, the altitude, the exterior temperature temperature, the temperature of the motor, the temperature of the coolant, all that kind of stuff. So oh, that's okay. that's what I would suggest that you do. As Perfect. far as as far as making it run better, there's a lot of things you could take on a on an eighty six. You could open up the exhaust, you could put a two or three inch exhaust all the way to the back on that. You'd probably want to run it opposite side of the awning. So if the awning's on the passenger side yeah. then you run it out the driver's it, side.
5: That's where it is now. Yeah, and okay. it's got a double, double uh, exhaust out the back. Twenty-three footer. Okay. Is where it
2: is. Now, it, does it does it have like one and a half inch pipe, two inch pipe? What kind of pi- what size it's pipe?
5: It's one and a half right now. It looks like.
2: Okay. Do you do? You, are you anywhere near Mesa Muffler in Mesa? I'm in North Phoenix. Okay. My favorite muffler shop is Mason Muffler. They've been around since I was in high school in in the 68s and and 70s. And Mason Muffler has always done custom work. They've always done all my motorhomes for me. Um, And I just tell them, give me the biggest pipe and bring me two pipes out the driver's side because I want to be able to hear it when my window's down when I'm driving. Okay. And I also want it on the driver's side of the coach because everybody sits on the passenger side of the coach. So if I start it up, then I'm not going to blow exhaust on my wife, and she gets mad and uses bad words and stuff like that. <laughs> so.
5: Well, let me ask you this. How about a cold air intake? How do you feel about that?
2: I I don't know with the
3: carburetor how, I mean. Yeah.
5: It, it's, well, got we, the, it's got the can of, you know, the regular round top air filter. Uh-huh. With the, you know, with the little arm off the front, but it seems so small for that motor.
2: Okay. Just... Well, let me tell you what what's changed since you and I were kids. Do you remember when we did the cool can?
5: Uh, I've heard of it. I okay. haven't done it, but I've heard uh, of
2: it, yeah. In the, in when, when I was growing up in the 60s and the 70s, we had a coffee can with coiled up um, copper tubing in it. We packed with ice, and that was where the gas went through. And then we had the air filter. We just had an air filter in the engine compartment, period. It got all of its air from the engine compartment. Well, today we're just the opposite. We want the, the, the fuel under pressure and hot so it vaporizes, not cold. So we want our cool hot, not cold, and we want our air cold, not hot. Right. So right, if right. you wanted to, take the duct work off of your air filter and, mm-hmm. and run it up there by the radiator or behind one of the headlights and let it suck some cold air. And Uh, it would be no different than you spending a couple hundred dollars on a cold air kit, right?
5: So it was just like some kind of uh, vent tubing or some kind of foil or something?
2: Well, you're going to have something more than just the vent tube in your dryer, and I'll tell you why. I can't tell you how many people with motorhomes have put dryer vent on their fresh air kits, their homemade fresh air kits only to find out that on wide-open throttle, we suck the dryer tube flat, and they run out of air altogether. <laughs> and so oh, wow. you need something <laughs> a little sturdier than okay. the vent on <laughs> right. your dryer. All right. Uh, right, okay. i, I got to tell you, we worked on a car 20 years ago. We worked on this motorhome. I bet we worked on this thing for, for a month and finally, we just decided that something was going on, we had no idea, so we took the hood off the motorhome, and it's like yours, it's got the short hood yeah. on the front. Right. And right. so we drove next to the motorhome, and we could get it to happen, and we're hanging out of the windows on the truck, looking at the engine compartment on the motorhome. Right. And all of a sudden, you see that dryer hose just collapse. And at the same time, you see black smoke out the back, and we're just in total amazement. It took us a month to figure that out. Oh, wow. Okay. And his symptoms were, were the same. His symptoms were, I'm driving down the road, and when I get to a big, long hill, or when I demand power and I start getting close to my foot on the floor, then it quits running and it blows black smoke like there's no tomorrow. Oh, wow. Well, it took, you know, realistically, we charged him, I don't know what we charged him back then, 50 bucks to find it and fix it, but that was every bit of $500 worth of waste, wasted labor. Oh, wow. So, yeah, right. But I, anyway, that's, that's it, it, they. if you can okay. just get the air intake to go to a fresh air point, usually by the grill right. or the headlights, you're better off that way.
5: Oh, perfect. And then cycle it when we get to the top of the hill
2: there. <laughs> see what happens. Yep, see okay, what happens. Cool.
5: Okay, Mark, that's good advice. Thank okay. you very
2: much. You betcha, you betcha. All right, Jeff, good morning to you. How can we help you this morning?
1: Good morning. Thanks for taking my call, Mark. You bet. Um, i got a problem with my wife's uh, 2001 Ford Escape. She's got a uh, the 3.0 V6 and two-wheel drive, 85,000 miles on it. And um, it has a random problem uh, where if you're sitting at a stoplight and you go to Accelerate, It'll just, it'll the vehicle will start to move slightly, and then it'll cut out for a split second, and then it moves like nothing nothing happened. Uh, no codes on it or anything like that. It started getting worse and worse, and uh, I took it over, had the computer scanned on it. Uh, they didn't find anything, and that threw, just threw a throttle position sensor in there, and that seemed to clear it up for a month, and now it's starting to do it again.
2: Okay, well there's no such thing as throwing a throttle position sensor into a car. Um you have to you have to coordinate the throttle blades with uh-huh. the TPS and a particular idle RPM. Oh, okay. So so they they'll say to you we want the throttle blades completely closed. We want the reading at the TPS to be this and we want it to be at 500 at idle. Okay, and then gotcha. and so there's no such thing you have Now it a tps certainly is a good guess. Yeah. Um not really at 85,000 miles, but it's still a good guess. Um I'd put fuel pressure gauges on that and I'd go drive it and I want to oh. f- I want to fix something that you said that that isn't isn't right. You say you took it over and they scanned it and they didn't find anything.
1: That's yeah, they they it the pcm. Okay. Um, There's no any code. Um I took it over to Kurt.
2: Okay. All right. Well, I I was going to say, if you took it to an auto parts store, they don't have the historical data, and they don't have what we call fuel trim data. They don't have that with their little stupid code readers. Oh, no, no. And and if you took it to Kurtz, Kurtz, they they have all that. So a TPS, I'd look at fuel pressure, and then I'd also manually shift it. So I'd start talking. I'd, I'd manually shift it into low and take off in low. Uh-huh. And because it could be a situation where this thing's starting in second gear, and when you throttle up, there's a hesitation while it goes. uh Oh, I need to be in first gear. Oh, okay. You would never know that until you start manually shifting it. When you manually shift it, and the problem goes away, and then you go to then when you stop manually shifting it, and the problem comes back, then you say, okay, now we got to figure out why that transmission isn't dropping into first gear when we get under five miles an hour. Okay. So that's the that's the path that I would take. But fuel pressure and synchronize the TPS is two places C- yeah, I calibrate, synchronize. Yeah, yeah, and it's called yeah. it's called min- minimum idle authority. It's we're we're just doing a minimum idle setting so the computer knows where all three things are at. The idle air control motor controls the idle, so the computer yep. uses a, an air leak to make the idle go up and down. But it needs to know that the TPS is completely synchronized with the throttle blades, and if that gets out of whack, then you'll you'll chase your tail for a long. Time.
3: And you need hey. a you, that's not something you can do. That's something that, that a shop's going to have to do yeah. for you.
2: Just go over and tell Kurt that, that Mark said something about the resetting or synchronizing the TPS is, what, $10, Kurt? Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> <And> <laughs> I'm just teasing, of course. <laughs> I know. But it's going to be an easy half an hour to 45 minutes. So I don't know what Kurt's labor rate is, but you can figure a half an hour to 45 minutes of somebody in our area. What's the average labor rate in our area? 120. Uh, 120. Average. So half an hour okay. 60 bucks, and three-quarters of an hour would be whatever it is, 80 bucks, something like that.
1: Is, is that something they set the computer up to that they have to do? It's not yeah. like the old days where you, you – because I noticed this. It didn't look like the TPS sensor was adjustable. So um, like the old days, I think you had to adjust it, and you hooked up your voltmeter to it. And...
2: Well, the, it, don't say that it isn't adjustable because every one of us has slotted those TPSs to get the readings to be right. Oh, but it, but more important is is if it's not adjustable, we still have to adjust. There's a screw on the throttle blades that no one should ever touch. If I oh, was yeah. king of the world, I would cut the fingers off of everybody who ever touched that screw. <laughs> but that screw, they think that screw is going to be the idle screw, and that's not the case. Nope, so the, nope. the issue is, yeah. is is they need to synchronize the TPS value with the bl- throttle blades, which is attached to the screw I don't ever want you to touch. Gotcha. Okay, got to run, Jeff. Thank you very Thanks, much, buddy. Sure. 602-508-0960. The lines are wide open. We'll be right back right after this.
6: You have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive, and his name is Tom Fletcher. In 2003, Thunderbird Auto was a finalist in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award. In 2004, they won that award. Check them out at the BBB online. They're proud of their A-plus rating. They have ASE-certified technicians. They can fix anything with a steering wheel. Visit them at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird in Peoria and at Mountain View and Reams Road in Surprise, just south of Grand Avenue. Thunderbirdautomotive.com.
7: Ever wonder how some air conditioning companies can offer deals that sound too good to be true? Mike Leah here again from Benefit Air to debunk those ultra-sweet deals. You may have heard of the bait-and-switch technique, but did you know that companies offering tune-ups or service calls for less money than the cost of a large pizza are likely to be hiding the real costs in the pricing of every repair item? What's more, they usually pay their technicians on a commission-only basis, which means the technician might be tempted to sell you things that you don't need. At Benefit, we don't hide the cost of our service calls and our pricing, and our techs are not paid on a commission basis. Our flat-rate pricing is simple, fair, and upfront. We offer discounts for multiple repairs, too, and we back all of our repairs with a full two-year parts and labor warranty. You don't need the shuck-and-jive sales tactics of companies offering you what you know is too good to be true. You need a fair, honest company that you can trust. Call Benefit today at 602-840-9229. That's 602-840-9229 or find us on the web at BenefitAir.com. Experience the benefit of using Benefit Air.
0: This is the sound of salmonella gyrating on your undercooked chicken. And it looks like mom might be taking it out a little early. Don't let salmonella get funky with your chicken. On average, one in six Americans will get a foodborne illness this year. So use a thermometer to cook each type of meat to the right temperature. Keep your family safe at foodsafety.gov. Brought to you by the USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council.
5: from under my hood and he shook his head and said this ain't
8: good.
2: Welcome back, time everybody. So <laughs> 23 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. The lines are wide open. If you have a car question, there's no wait time right now. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960 is the number. Sitting to my right is Alan Salem. And we're here talking about your car, your car problems, do the best we can. But let me tell you about Kurtz Auto Repair. He's up on Bell and I-17. He's in the northeast corner. As a matter of fact, we were just talking to Jeff about his escape, and he had had Kurtz do some uh, diagnostic on it. I'm happy to see that because I know Kurtz has the skills and the necessary skills to diagnose a car. He has some technicians that are really, really good at what they do. And uh, it has a lot to do with being able to put it all together. There's a lot of people that look for codes, but codes is just simply a number that can tell you what state you need to find. So codes will say Ohio, or North Carolina, or Texas, or New Mexico. The technician has to find the city, the street, the street number, and the zip code of the problem. So the code just says, I see a problem in the O2 sensor area. But replacing all 602 sensors on your car rarely fixes the problem. A plugged fuel filter will fix the problem. That's what Kurtz knows. Kurtz has some great diagnosticians, and Kurtz has been around for a very, very long time. So if you're anywhere near I-17 in Bell and you don't have a great shop, no matter whether you have a gas or a diesel vehicle, Kurtz is a good place to go. Kurtz Auto Repair, I-17, and Bell Road in Phoenix. I had that discussion with a customer this week, actually. Oh, yeah? Yeah.
3: He told me, well, I could have just gone and had it diagnosed at AutoZone for free. And I, and I went, whoa, pump the brakes. <laughs> pump the brakes, buddy. I said, no, they don't diagnose anything. They pull your code and sell you apart, or or whoever it is. They pull your code and sell you apart. And uh, if it fixes it, great. If it doesn't, well, then on to the next part. But there's a big difference between diagnosing and pulling codes.
2: I think what bothers me the most is, um, and, and this is a selfish reason, I admit that this is a selfish reason, there are times that we're, we're doing an oil change and we replace the air filter, right. because in our opinion, it's dirty. The customer, and this only happens once a year out of 10,000 cars, I'm not really complaining, but the customer will get mad at us, and so I'll just refund the filter. At the filter, 15 bucks, I'll refund it. Here you go, I'm sorry. I put your old one in the car. I'm hoping when they get home, they'll open up the box and see the old one and say, oh, he should have replaced it. Right. But sometimes that doesn't happen. People will go to AutoZone and O'Reilly's and all those CarQuest and Napa, and they'll have this three-whiskered kid come out there, and he'll say, you have an O2 sensor code, and he'll sell them an O2 sensor. That won't fix the problem. But they never go back there and say, "Uh, I want my money back. Right. They never do that. No, you know what they do? They
3: call us and they go, oh, "Well, I've already spent three hundred and fifty bucks on this car and it's still not
2: fixed. You're going to charge me another one hundred and twenty-five to diagnose it." Well, you're right. That happens a lot. But more important than that, it, and I know that that makes you mad, and it, it, it used to make me mad. The issue is, is that the kid doesn't have a clue. Right. I have said at the very beginning, the most predominant code is an O2 sensor code. Right. Your your grandmother. Up and pacing. Yeah. I was driving her Suburban the other day. Right. And she had a, a check engine light on. And it, it had a lean bank one and a lean bank two. Right. What's the possibility if both of those oxygen sensors failed? Zero. I took it into affordable auto up there because he's the one I trust. Yeah. And I said to him, I think it's a fuel pump, but I'm not sure you check it out. I got a check engine light. They call me back and they go, "We got lean bank one and bank two, which is all eight cylinders are running lean." Right. The fuel filter's pl- almost plug solid, and the fuel pump is fifteen pounds under pressure. Right. I said, "Fine, fuel pump and, and," but it didn't. We didn't replace any O2 sensors. The O2 sensors were telling us the truth. They're the reporters. They're they're exactly right. That's a great great way to put it. They are the reporters. They're the ones that actually say um, that the that the, the engine's running lean. Right. They right. they're running lean, and as a result of that, then they're telling us the truth. So when we replace the O2 sensors, we're killing the messengers, right? And we're and we're saying, oh, we don't believe you, right? Well, the other thing too is, is I,
3: I see a lot. Of, I had this discussion with a customer yesterday. I see, I see a lot of mass airflow sensors on diesels, mm-hmm. and those are tied in with so many different different items. They, I've I i i have never, I don't think, replaced a mass airflow sensor on one of these things, but. The air filters are filthy, dirty. The EGR is plugged up. The you know the DPF's not regenerating, and they all throw a mass airflow code for whatever reason. They're all tied into the mass airflow, and um, but very very very
2: seldom do we ever do mass airflows. Well, and the mass airflow sensor code will set a code because the the computer will look and says, I'm looking at this RPM and I'm looking at this. Amount of air coming into the engine. Well, there's a substandard amount of air right. to matches the RPM. So it says, well, I'm going to blame the the mass, mass airflow sensor. Right. Well, the mass airflow sensor is saying, wait a minute, I'm sucking as hard as I can, but the air filter's plugged solid. Right, exactly. The reason why the airflow doesn't match the RPM and the load is because the air filter's plugged, but the mass airflow sensor can't talk. Right. So the mass airflow sensor just says what they're going to say. Right. So it's your job to go in and find the air filter that's plug
3: solid, or the customer over oiled the the uh, air filter and 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 now it's covered in
2: covered in dust and covered in debris and nastiness. Well, and, and, and folks, when you have that kind of an air filter that you oil and clean yourself, if you oil that, over-oil that, it's going to end up on the mass airflow sensor, and you're in big trouble because the repair on that thing is going to start at $100 because we're going to have to clean up the mass airflow sensor plus all the duct work that goes through the intake system because you've just covered it all in oil and if the mass airflow sensor recovers from that you're lucky right sometimes they don't right 602 508 0960 the lines are wide open tell us the year make and model of your car how many miles it's got on it what kind of problem you're entertaining and we'll discuss it just like we do here 602 508 0960
9: this is bob jones owner of quality transmission service in tempe over the years we've noticed we get two types of customers One customer drives into our shop at the first sign of a problem, and the other waits until the vehicle breaks down and has to be towed in. The drivers who bring us their transmissions right away often catch the problem in the early stages while it's still a minor problem. The other customers push their vehicles so the minor problem becomes major. So if you're ignoring the signs that your transmission needs service, won't you stop by Quality Transmission Service today while you have the best chance of getting good news about the repair. The problem won't go away on its own. Find out for yourself why customers love us. Check out our listing on Mark Salem's website, Best Car Repair Shops in Phoenix. At Quality Transmission Service in Tempe, we'd love to make you our customer, but only you can choose which type of customer you'll be.
4: Does your family
10: believe in the power of a private school education? Are you exploring the idea of sending your child to a private school next year? Hey, it's Seth Leibson with 960 The Patriot, and I want to help your family by covering half of your child's first year of private school. This is a program we have been able to do for five years now, helping many families get into the school of their dreams. Through our partnerships with 10 schools in the Valley, we are able to cover half of the cost of your child's first year of tuition. So the timing is perfect. If you find a school you would like your child to attend, call us at 960-THE-PATRIOT at 602-955-9600 to see if that school is one of our 10 partners. If it is, we'll cover half the cost of your child's first year of tuition. It's that simple. This isn't a financial aid program. This is for everyone. Don't pay more than you need to for your child's first year of private school. Call 960-THE-PATRIOT at 602-955-9600 to take advantage of our half-off tuition program at 602-955-9600.
4: When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up,
11: I want to be a glass countertop in a new home. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's best birthday present. When I grow up, I want to be a football stadium when i grow up i want to be a warm place on a cold day
4: i grow up i want to be a fancy back squash. i want to be a bike that races around the when i grow
11: up i want to be a bench on a forest trail i want to be a rocking chair on a sunny porch i want to be a skyscraper
4: i want to be i want to be i want to be i want to be when i grow up i don't want to be a piece of garbage and if you recycle me i won't be
6: Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at iwanttoberecycled.org. A public service advertisement brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council.
9: Welcome back
2: everybody. My name is Mark Salem, and we're talking about car and car repair, and we're going to get right to the phones. Let me tell you real quick about Action Auto Repair at I-17 in Deer Valley. If you live in that area and you don't have a repair shop, may I suggest that you stop by and talk with Tom. You stop by and talk with Tom, and you say to Tom, hey, I'm interested in an oil change and the real reason is cuz you just want to decide how they're going to treat you. Did they do a good job on your oil change? Did they try to sell you everything that you might need for the next 10 years? 10 years. Did they did they wipe up their messes after they were done? Those are the things. Did they put a door sticker? Did they reset your oil maintenance light? Those are the important consideration. But Action Auto's been in business since 1983. I've known Tom since 1979, and frankly, if I had family in North Phoenix, I would send them to Tom. He's a good guy. Him and Kurt both, but Tom is a good guy for the Deer Valley area. So, if you're in that area, I-17 in Deer Valley, then Action Auto Repair is a great place. You should try it. Let's go to the phones, and we're going to start real quick with Kirk. Kirk, good morning to you. How can I help you?
1: Uh, Good morning, Mark. Uh, I wonder if you could help me. I have a um, a 2011 Chevy Silverado Z71 four-wheel drive, and um, I've had a couple of problems with it, of course, after the 100,000-mile mark. Um, It started with Backing out of my driveway, um, the the um, traction control service light came on, and then I would, like, restart the car a couple cycles, and it would go off. And then that progressively got worse. Now it's on all the time. And also, when I drive down the highway and my, my car or the truck goes from eight-cylinder, four-cylinder mode, it, it the thing rumbles real bad when it goes into four-cylinder mode, almost like you're hitting those little speed bumps, like if you're going off the road. It's not you, quite that bad.
3: Do you have... Aftermarket exhaust on the vehicle? No, no, not at all.
1: It's stock, stock, stock vehicle.
3: I'm afraid you have the uh, beginnings of a of a uh, either a V-Loam, which is the um,
2: variable. Oil L oil system variable. We're using engine oil to uh, shut down cylinders, yeah, to shut down cylinders and to make valve timing adjustments. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I can't think of the L variable. uh, Anyway,
3: um, those trucks are known for cam issues, um, and they're also known for V loam, which is the the uh, which is what shuts the shuts the cylinders down for the cylinder select. Yeah, and what's happening is, is it's um, that traction control, believe it or not, is actually related to it. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's related to that, and uh, we've had that before where they come in. Is it only the traction control or is it the brake light too?
1: Yeah, it's the um, it's the uh, it says service stability track and service anti lock brake.
3: That's... Yep, yep, yep. That's it. What it's it's seeing. I, I I can't remember. It's been a little while since we've had. We can usually get them in the uh, in the early stages because uh, there's there's probably some things that you maybe missed along the way, little noises or something, but they. Uh, it's it's gotten pretty bad. Does it idle rough?
1: Um, a wee bit, not bad.
3: Okay. I mean, hey, it, it
1: kind of yeah. every once in a while it kind of goes look, you know, but it's 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 not like real bad. Like it's missing like a spark plug bad
3: or Does like it that. does it get uh uh it, does it get better when it's warm?
1: Um, no, it pretty much does. Uh,
2: does it, it all the time? What
1: you're doing? Yeah, it d- does it the
2: same. Okay, okay, so let's let's cut to the chase. If if um the b- the best case scenario in is you go in and do lifters on this thing. No, best case is V-lo. okay, v VLOM. Okay, VLOM. Yeah. Okay. Second best case is lifters only. Third best case is camshaft lifters altogether. Yeah.
1: I had yeah. a I had a 2008 um, engine or. Uh, Silverado with a 4.8, and they had to change the cam at about
3: 70,000 miles. That's, it. that's, and and they have done nothing to change it since 2000, uh, on the 2008 to the 2011. I was
1: so, of that. yeah, yeah, so,
3: you're, you're facing the same issue with the, uh, with that, with that same exact issue with the 2011. Yeah, so
1: what, what, what does it run that if you have to have a, uh, a lifters
3: put in or you know it it, bring... it it ranges anywhere like i said best case of velome only uh is maybe a thousand fifteen hundred bucks and i'm shooting from the hip here um if we do everything and, and pull the heads and have them
2: checked and all that kind of stuff um it could
3: be it could be five thousand fifty five hundred but
2: it's a one-time repair because we're using updated stuff We've they've solved the problem with respect to the cam lobe wear. Yeah, it's and so this is kind of a one-time repair. I'm not trying to talk you in or out of it. I'm just saying it's a one-time repair. We're fixing something that was broken at the beginning. And right. they and they think they've narrowed it down to a material. Uh, uh, uh
3: the 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 camera, the lifter material, the hardness yeah, of, one, yeah, of, yeah, the hardness of one of them. Yeah, the
1: hardness of one of them. Yeah, I Nobody, have.
3: I have a right. bunch of uh, I have a bunch of examples. I don't know if you're anywhere near our shop, but I have a bunch of examples in my office of cams and lifters we've taken out, and you can see exactly what what mm-hmm. the problem is.
1: My dad used to work for a foundry in Michigan back in the '70s, and they they were making um, cam shafts for Chevy, and they had the same problem. Yeah, they? no, yeah. Right.
2: it was a common problem. But anyway, thank you very much. Thank you right, very thank much, you. Kirk. Good luck to you, buddy. Joe, you're up next. How can I help you today?
11: Mark, thanks for taking my call. Um, I have a 95 BMW 525i. It's, uh, I bought it for learning how to do stuff. And uh, what I got going now is the rear end, the rear suspension, when I get up in, on the freeway like 55 or 60, it'll start pulsating really bad.
2: What does that mean, pulsating?
11: Well, it's like, I don't know, you can feel like, like it's wah, 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 the tires, you know? It's like...
2: Okay, so basically, you have a wah wah noise at that speed.
11: Yeah, well, it feels like the rear end's like bouncing or pulsating.
2: Okay, kind well, of like it's... you're hitting a rumble strip? Yeah. Okay. All right, if that's the case, then just get somebody to go with you and drive down the road. Maybe get your wife, teach her how to drive it and make it happen. And yeah. you do it on a Sunday morning, like tomorrow morning, and you get in her car, and you drive around the, the right rear and look at the right rear tire. And then you, she stays in the center lane of I-10, I-17, wherever you're at. And then yeah. you go around to both sides of the car. That's what we do. We send two technicians out in two different cars. Hey,
3: uh, does, this, does this vehicle, does, does it have staggered fitment tires on it? Where, or can you rotate them is what I'm trying to get at. Can you rotate them and see if it follows the, to the front or goes, or stays oh, yeah. in the back? Yeah, I can have that done I Can get them rotated. Make certain that they're the same, that they're the same size because you don't want to rotate them if they're different sizes.
1: Oh, okay.
3: Uh, so just make sure that
2: someone knows what they're doing. But that's the yeah. first step in diagnosing this. That's absolutely the first step in diagnosing it is, is, is let's take the backs, if we can, take the backs, put them on the front, the front's on the backs, and see if the noise yeah. moves. That's the very first thing. So that's, and then you air up the tires as well. But you don't do, do a bunch of things at once. You do them one at a time. So you air up the tires, you go drive it then yeah. you swap the tires front to back and then you go drive it and then okay. that way you'll you'll be able to diagnose it
11: to determine if it's the tires or something further on exactly
2: um, because once you put backs on the front and fronts on the backs and the noise doesn't change a bit then it's going to be a bearing inside that rear end and then a good train technician is going to be able to drive the car and tell you it's the case bearing on the right the case bearing on the left or an axle bearing on the right or an axle bearing on the left or it's a th- it's a ring and pinion problem or it's a ring or a pinion gear problem good guys can usually diagnose that.
11: The one thing I did was I put new struts on. The old ones were shot, and then new uh, stabilizer bar lengths 'cause because the bushings were toast on that.
3: Okay, it's uh, we got a break here, but um, okay. it's possible that it's possible that those bad struts wore the tires funny. Yeah. And now you put new struts on it. It's pushing those tires squarely on the ground, and now you're feeling that, that, wow. that abnormal that scalloping. That's scalloping, wear, that's that's scalloping, scalloping
2: yeah. yeah. So that's the reason why. The first thing is, is take the backs off, put them on the front, and the front's on okay. the backs. See how the noise goes. When okay. we come back, yeah, Neil and Don, you stay right there because you're going to be
9: our first two callers. We'll be back right after this. Hello. I'm Bob Jones, owner of Quality Transmission Service in Tempe. As a kid, I was a Boy Scout, which taught me to live my life by honest principles. Through hard work and dedication to those principles, I earned the rank of Eagle Scout. I started Quality Transmission in 1977 and set out to build the most honest and trusted transmission shop in the area. In 2003, Quality Transmission was given the first Business Ethics Award from the local Better Business Bureau and was presented to me by Steve Forbes of Forbes Magazine. No other transmission shop in the state has earned this award. Quality Transmission is also a charter member of Mark Salem's Best Auto Repair Shops in Phoenix, and we are one of only two transmission shops in the Valley that are AAA-approved auto repair facilities. I ran Quality Transmission using the principles I learned as a Boy Scout, which means that you can trust us to tell it like it is when you bring your car or truck to Quality Transmission in Tempe.
6: You have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive, and his name is Tom Fletcher. In 2003, Thunderbird Auto was a finalist in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award. In 2004, they won that award. Check them out at the BBB Online. They're proud of their a rating. They have ASC-certified technicians. They can fix anything with a steering wheel. Thunderbird Auto offers a precursory inspection, the same as some charge $49 for them. They offer a two-year, 24,000-mile warranty on parts and labor anywhere in the country. If you live in the Northwest area, you have two Thunderbird Autos to choose from. One at 88th Avenue in Thunderbird in Peoria, just west of the 101. And one at Mountain View and Reams Road in Surprise. That's just south of Grand Avenue. For more information, see ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. That's ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. Visit them at 88th Avenue in Thunderbird in Peoria. And at Mountain View and Reams Road in Surprise, just south of Grand Avenue. ThunderbirdAutomotive.com.
8: A promise was made. A promise that hit the beaches of Normandy. A covenant that split the skies over Berlin. A vow that captured Iwo Jima. A promise was made. A solemn oath that liberated Seoul. A sacred trust that defended Khe A pact that dug in in Da Nang. A contract that weathered Tet. A promise was made a pledge that stormed the desert in Iraq, a bond that patrolled door-to-door in Fallujah, an IOU that braved IEDs in Kandahar. A promise was made to America's veterans, a promise we all must keep. DAV fights for all veterans and their families so they get the health care, financial benefits, and support they earned. If you're a veteran who needs help or you'd like to help us keep the
6: promise, Visit DAV.org. Patriot app tip number four. Want your voice heard? Email or leave a voice message straight from your Patriot app. Just open it up, click the upper left-hand corner, and select email or talk back. Download the Patriot app at your app store today.
5: Most Friday nights I can be
2: found in the bed of my back, truck everybody. 1145 on a Saturday afternoon my name is Mark Salem sitting here next to me is Alan Salem and we're here talking about your car your car problems and we've got Neil on the phone Neil I'm going to be right with you but let me tell you about Thompson's Auto Repair and Towing in Mesa. Since 1970 Thompson's Auto Repair has been involved in fixing cars. Thompson's has been on our list for a very long time. Thompson's is a good place and he's the only shop in Mesa that we continually have on our shop and he continually gets great grades. So right now and today, he's the only guy out there. That should tell you something. The bottom line is is that when it comes to Thompson's Auto Repair, you can expect honest people. You only need to meet Brian and Thelma to know that they're really, really good people. So again, they're on Main Street just east of Stapley on the south side of the road. Thompson's Auto Repair, the highest level of automotive service that I have found in all of Mesa. That's Thompson's Auto Repair and Towing. Let's go to Neil. Neil, good morning to you. How can we help you?
11: Good Morton, Mark, thanks for taking my call. You bet. I want to give a shout-out real quick to Action Auto. They replaced my timing belt. You referred me to them, and they're phenomenal.
2: Well, thank you. Good. What kind of car did you take to them?
11: I have a 99 Toyota Tacoma 4x4.
2: Okay. And I blew
11: my timing belt, and um, they replaced everything. It was phenomenal. They do excellent work.
2: Good, 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 good.
11: That that being said, on that same truck, 99 Toyota Tacoma 4x4, you guys were mentioning something about air filters and I replaced my air filter the other day and noticed oil in it. And it looked like I was doing some research or looking up the I wanna say uh the intake.
6: Uh-huh.
11: Air intake and there's oil coming from the top going down into my air filter. What would that be in is that a concern? I mean obviously it's a concern, but what, what could it be?
3: It's 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 black oil in the air filter? Correct. Okay. okay. And it's and it's a and it's a it's a factory paper filter.
11: Yes. And it just and it's not a whole lot, but I can you know I can wipe my finger all the way up the the black housing of the top motor and it has black, uh has oil and on going all the way down into the
8: air filter.
2: Huh. Um. I don't know what what. I think the the PCV valve would have to be a place that we'd have to start. Anytime In the air filter, we have fresh air going into the air filter. That fresh air is going to go through a part of the motor. On the other half of the motor, there's a vacuum cleaner called a PCV valve. It's sucking. while we got, and it's sucking fresh air through the air filter, through the engine. And then it's supposed to send it back to the intake manifold and burn again. So when we start having black oil in the air filter, the PCV valve, and the PCV valve stands for positive crankcase ventilation. So uh, otherwise, we're sucking the fumes out of the car, out of the engine, and we're burning them again. But we have to have a fresh air opening in order to suck. It would be like you sucking on a straw with my finger on the end of the straw. You ain't going to get nowhere right so if it and then what happens when the pcv valve goes down instead of that suction happening in the engine we build pressure and we blow oil into the air filter now that that can also mean really bad news because if you've broken a compression ring or if you've got a cylinder that's been overheated and you broke the rings then what's going to happen is is we're going to lose compression we're going to have blow by and the pcv valve can't handle blow by so, when we have blow by and we have this explosion in the cylinder, and half of it escapes past the rings and goes into the crankcase, then it pressurizes the crankcase and blows oil into the air filter. So, this could be the beginning of the end. It okay. could be. It could be. But it also could be a $100 repair. <laughs> so, right. somebody just needs to go in there. And uh, what kind of car was that again? Tell me what that was. Tacoma. The 99
11: Toyota Tacoma 4x4.
2: Okay. <laughs> If you find the PCV valve, you follow the hose that's connected to the PCV valve. You follow the hose to the vacuum source. You pull the okay. hose off there, and you look inside that port with a flashlight. If you find that that port's solid with carbon, you just found your problem. You've got to clean that carbon out, and then everything will be fine. Perfect. Okay. Thanks, Mark. You betcha. Thank you very much. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. Have you had any uh, oil in the air filter in a while? In any other cars?
3: I haven't. No. How about your diesels? Um, we see in the intercooler piping from time to time, but
2: uh, no, not not in the air filters. Okay. So the intercooler on a diesel is is we're gonna we're gonna pressurize. It, it, here's the here's how I explain a, a turbocharger uh, and a diesel motor to most people. It's as if you take the suck part of the hose on a vacuum cleaner, and put it on the exhaust part of the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> So instead of you letting just the motor suck like a vacuum cleaner, we're going to force the air into the engine. Right. So we're going to, it's like putting a gasoline-powered blower on the suck hose of a vacuum cleaner. Right. Is that, that that's a good analogy? Right. So what happens is, is on the cold air, on an interchanger, we got a hot turbo pressurized in hot air, and we got to cool the air off before we send it to the motor. So it goes through a big aluminum radiator device where we cool the air before the motor gets to gulp the air. Right. And you're seeing oil on the inside the in intake side of the air cooler and typically it's coming from the turbo area yeah okay so you see that but that's not something that we can fix that's not something we get concerned about no I mean an excessive amount but but no we're not talking excessive amounts you're talking about a brown tint to the inlet side of the intercooler yeah as opposed to the intercooler has got five quarts of oil right yeah exactly one or the other all righty, 602 508 0960. 602 508 0960. If you have a car question, we still got time to take you. We're not going to bail out of the show until 59 minutes after the hour. That's eight minutes away from right now. So you've still got time, 602 508 0960. Gil is there watching the phone lines and uh, and telling us when you call in so that we can answer your car questions. But you're also welcome to email me your car questions. And my email address is pretty easy it's mark with a K at MarkSalem.com, Mark at MarkSalem.com. That's the easiest way to get a hold of me. And if you'll leave your phone number, tell me when's a good time to call you. I'll call you, but I'm gonna call you from a block number on my cell phone. It's just more convenient. I'm in the r- on the road a lot. I'm traveling a lot within the valley here and, and, and north. So it's really convenient for me to make those kinds of calls when I'm in my truck and I'm on my way to Payson or I'm on my way to Levine or I'm on my way to Florence or something like that. So when I'm traveling around and inspecting vehicles on behalf of a client that uh, has hired me to do that, it's really convenient for me to make those calls. So again, six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty is the direct line in here. One of the things that I want to emphasize, and you were talking about the V-loams and the camshafts on those, are those 6-0s or 6-2 liters? 4 uh, four eight, five three, and 6-2. OK. Those four engines are having V-loam problems, camshaft loans, Three engines. Loam, three engines. Those engines are having camshaft problem that may man- manifest themselves into camshaft lifter problems. Sure. The big symptom is an engine misfire and a rough idle. Yep. And there's n- typically no noise associated. Yeah, with Yeah. The last one we had was noise. I know, but the ones the 20 before that didn't necessarily come in with noise. Um uh,
3: no. Um.
2: Uh.
3: Uh. Your buddy. Uh. Bots? uh no. Uh. Dave Hurst. Okay. His was uh. His was really bad. His had lights. I, know, I think it was his daughter.
2: He has bad hearing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but he, he probably he, missed that. He had, um, he had a bunch of lights, and it was
2: and it was loud. Okay, so somebody waited a long time. Because yeah, that's yeah, exactly. not the normal. Correct, correct. Okay, that's not the normal. All right, Joe, good morning to you. How can we help you?
1: Good morning, Mark. I had um, emailed you about my daughter's uh, Volvo that was less than three years old. And uh, I just wanted you to know... Um, the Volvo dealer, even though it was out of warranty miles wise, they went ahead and replaced the injector at no charge. After uh, talking to you, and I want to thank you for your help on that.
4: Well,
2: you're you're more than welcome. Did, and initially, she had a bad injector, and I think that injector was in the hundreds of dollar range.
1: They wanted um, they wanted to replace all the injectors because they said three were bad. And after we asked to get the Volvo uh, rep involved it came down to one injector and they replaced it um at zero cost. Uh, originally they wanted like $1350 to do all five injectors.
2: Okay. Okay. So the we we overcame a problem where uh it went from 3 to 1. And I I can explain that. There's two possibilities to explain that, Joe. Number one, the technician made a bad call. Whether it was self-serving or not, I'll let God take care of that. Number two, a further, more in-depth diagnostic said, hey, we've really only got one that's affecting two other cylinders. So yeah. man, it's a 50-50 shot. Either the tech was trying to make some extra money by replacing three of the four injectors, or he just simply didn't go to the next two or three levels of steps. So it, it could have been either way. And during this period of time, was Volvo dealing with both your daughter and you, or just you, or just your daughter?
1: Well, both of us. I, after they said it had three bad injectors, I drove down to the dealership. And, you know, the oil level was high on it. And even with one bad injector, that car would not drive.
2: Okay. All right.
1: But uh, I think, you know, you saved us about $1,350 there.
2: Okay. All so, right. Well, just just send me a check whenever you get around to it. Okay. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. I'm just yeah. teasing you. No, I'm happy to do that. God gave me a gift, and uh, and I'm happy to, to share that with you. And thank you very much to for letting me know that the outcome turned out good. Um is it a is this Volvo dealership one that you would go back to that uh, has has uh, re-energized yeah. your trust?
1: Yeah, I think they're okay. I think the service writer was just doing what he was told to do. Okay. Um, you know, because he acted embarrassed when we went back in there, and my daughter took him uh, some muffins and donuts and stuff. So I think everything's
2: cool. Okay. All right. The reason I asked you that was is in the event that you wanted to say the name of the dealership, it's up to you. Uh, I would open that door. You're more than welcome to do that if that's what you want to do. By the same token, there's always the, res- the there's always the the issue of of uh, you. You say something that you don't want to say, but it's it, it's up to you if, if you think that they deserve an attaboy. In spite of the fact that you had to work a little harder to get them to uh, to reanalyze their position, it still was a successful relationship. And you got you got what you deserved. Your daughter's car is fixed, and there's only one injector, and you're not out $1,300. So I'm I'm happy with that outcome. <laughs> I'm happy with that.
1: We're we're very happy. And okay. Thanks again, Mark.
2: You bet your not Thank you very much, Joe. Well, you got any closing uh, words of wisdom for the diesel owners out oh, there God. that have all those Fords and Chevys and Dodges? No, just keep driving them. Put miles on them. Yeah. And that is that is an issue. The, a Diesel is not necessarily a good one for a mile here and a mile no, there.
3: No, no, especially the especially the new
2: stuff with the DPFs. Absolutely not. You need to get out and drive them. DPF is diesel particulate filter. Correct. It's part of the exhaust system. We're going to capture pieces of carbon, and then we're going to turn this particulate filter red hot yep. to burn the carbon and send it out the tailpipe. Right, but in order
3: to do that, it takes time. So if you so if you, so if you drive and you uh, and and
2: it doesn't give a chance to burn off, then you just start creating problems for yourself and it oh. builds up. All right, so a diesel is something that needs to haul your trailer up to Woods Canyon Lake. A diesel is something that needs to go to Yuma every once in a while. Right. There has to be something. So if you run out of power and you start getting all kinds of lights, then typically you're not going to be able to get it to fix itself. Correct. Somebody's going to have to force the regeneration. Yes. Right. Yep. Okay. So what happens is, is that we have pieces of equipment we attach and we say, okay, we're in control now and we force the generation. We force that DPF filter, the uh, diesel particulate filter to regenerate itself, to clean itself up, to become unplugged, so to speak, right. and your car goes back to normal. So, And I also say on those diesels, you, it's okay to rough house them every once in a while. Yeah. You don't have to treat them like they're, uh, they're breakable because they're not. So anyway, Mark at Next Saturday we'll be here from 10 till noon talking about car repair. You're welcome to join us. My name is Mark Salem. God bless you and wear your seatbelt